Hello and welcome back to Maximum Sports. I am your host, Max Patillo. Thank you for joining me again. We are halfway through the season now. And what a season it has been. I mean, thank God for football. It's been so much fun and just so intriguing of everything that's going on. And we're, yeah, the halfway point. It's pretty incredible. We've got a lot of stuff for you today. I'm going to do my power rankings. And I did, I thought about doing just 10, but I was like, man, I got to cover all these teams. So we're going one through 32. We're do just kind of some quick thoughts on each team in the ranking. And you can compare my rankings to, to the other sites and stuff. Um, but tried to do my best here. I feel like probably the top 15 is pretty solid but once you get to the dregs of the league it's kind of gets monotonous it's like well most of them can't really beat anybody so it's um it was uh it's a work in progress but halfway through i just wanted to put something down on paper and kind of get a gauge for where we're at so we compare it to the the end of the regular season going into the playoffs and this is kind of gonna show somewhat of what my predictions are going forward and i think it's a pretty well-rounded list so i hope you guys enjoy it and let's get right to it all right so the maximum sports power rankings halfway through the 2020 season and we're going to start off with number one kansas city chiefs and not really too big of a surprise here I mean, one of the best quarterbacks, one you know, 1A, 1B, whatever you want to call him. I'd probably put Russell a little ahead of him right now, and those guys probably go back and forth. But the defending Super Bowl champs, we knew they were going to be good. They just play very poised. They're never rattled. No lead is safe with them, and they'll blow you out at any opportunity. There's really not too many weaknesses, well-coached, and they're trying to repeat. That's their only letdown is if they get complacent. But I think uh, they've got a strong leadership there, and they seem to just be rolling. Um, little hiccups here and there during the season, but they respond. And so you, you don't see too many weaknesses with the Chiefs right now. Number two, hey, it's the Seattle Seahawks. And it's a big jump from kind of how I was feeling about them last week. But we'll talk a little about the Carlos Dunlap trade. But that made a huge difference. The fact that they played so well against the Niners, who were still a pretty strong team coming into the week. They, of course, gotten a lot more injured, and the Seahawks did that to them. And the Seahawks were missing a lot of players as well in that game. And so uh, with the Dunlap trade, helping the pass rush, and their ability to adapt and show that they can adapt and blitz a lot more, bring pressure, I think bodes well for them because the Seahawks have the best offense in the league right now, and all they need to be is competent on defense. And with Pete Carroll's coach, I just I just think they can do that. They can at least be maybe middle of the pack on defense instead of one of the worst defenses in the league. So Seattle's number two. I think they can beat anybody for sure. Uh, number three, Tampa Bay, uh, Tampa, 
I would say I, I was pretty wrong about them. I feel like they are playing steadily, even under Bruce Arians. I thought he was going to be kind of their downfall. We'll see how they go in the second half of the year, especially with Brady's age and how explosive can they be. They've been just kind of a running defense first football team, and that wins in the NFL. And especially with Tom Brady, he he's not going to make too many mistakes. And so they can really just beat anyone that way. I mean, they pounded the Packers and they just, you know, even last night against the Giants, who are not a very good team, sometimes you got to prove you can win those games you're supposed to win. You might not be as worked up for them mentally. It's just human nature. But they busted it out and they got the win, which is all that matters. And that's what good teams do. Sometimes too much gets overblown. Like, wow, the Giants were able to hang with Tampa Bay. Maybe Tampa Bay is not as good as we thought. I feel like there's a lot of games that dominant teams play down to their opponent. And it's can you still win those games? And, and Tampa Bay made enough plays to do it. So still have them number three, still impressed by them. Number four, Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers are playing probably the best defensive football in the league right now. Really impressed with their win over the Ravens. The Ravens are also a tough team. Steelers have always, always been well coached. They can run the ball. They have a great offensive line, maybe the best in the league right now. Big, Big Ben may hold them back a little bit. Their offense is it's okay, but he's still their quarterback. He's won two Super Bowls. He has experience. He's kind of in the same boat as Brady, not going to make too many mistakes, and they can run the ball, protect him with their offensive line. They're well-built. They're built in the way we talk about all the time. They pay the right guys, and they get rid of the right guys. They got rid of their running back. Le'Veon Bell, they got rid of Antonio Brown, a wide receiver. They don't they don't really care to pay those enormous prices for those positions. I mean, we can talk about later who leads the league in passing yards and who uh leads who's the best running backs and what are what are those teams' records? You know, so even you know, Dalvin Cook goes off for the Vikings, his two hundred rushing yards. Uh he's highly paid, but the Vikings have won two games. Doesn't matter. So the Steelers are built the right way, and they're at number four. Five, another team that's built really well, the Ravens. They played each other, and that was just a grind-out classic gridiron match. You know, like, I mean, the or the Steelers-Ravens, it's a historical rivalry for sure, and that was fun to see two teams that actually play defense, two teams that like to run the ball, and – they're both well coached. It was a great game and maybe not the prettiest of games, but I mean, those teams can definitely beat anyone and the Ravens, they're still impressive. I think Lamar is a little limited. If you make him throw, you load the box up on him. He's just not going to be able to pick you apart most of the time. Uh, number six is the bills still like the bills. I think they're really well coached. I think they have strengths at every level of their team. They will play the Seahawks this week, which will be a good matchup. That'll be number two versus number six, and it's in Buffalo. There could be elements involved. I like them down the stretch. They have a young, mobile quarterback, strong arm, threaten you with anything at all times, and they still have a decent defense. It's not as good as last year, but they're well coached, and they'll adjust. I think the Bills are going to be there later on in the year. 
Number seven, the Saints. I think Drew Brees is a little limited, but they have a lot of experience. They always seem to just keep plugging along. They're not the flashiest of teams anymore, but they're strong. Alvin Kamara is solid, and they they uh, they can beat anybody. Number eight, Packers. I think the Packers have proven to be kind of a letdown, which is kind of Aaron Rodgers in the last five, six years has kind of let down a lot of what our expectations are for him. And I think they're classically Green Bay's just been a soft team. And they got pushed around by the Vikings, which is just shocking. Kirk Cousins is no threat, but he just handed the ball off to Dalvin Cook and they just pushed him around. And then they they got to Rodgers and pressured him. And I mean, the Packers just seem soft. And so I don't think against the type of teams like the Saints, I mean, obviously we saw them just totally break down against Tampa Bay. It'll be interesting to see because the Packers play the Niners this week. And the Niners are reeling. They have, I mean, Kittle's out. Garoppolo's going to be out. I think Debo Samuel's still probably out. They, they really have nothing. But Kyle Shannon's still a good coach. They're going to push the Packers. I guarantee you that. It's not going to be a blowout. And I, I think the Niners can even win that game. And, man, the Packers better hope that doesn't happen because they should beat a decimated uh, Niners team. But, man, Aaron Rodgers is kind of scared of the Niners still, I think, from last year. So, We'll see how that turns out, and he needs to step his game up. Number nine, Rams. They had a disappointing loss to the Dolphins for sure. Uh, Jalen Ramsey was out for that game. Goff was terrible in that game. I think he threw four interceptions in the first half, and he he's going to be the one that holds them back. He's just a little too inconsistent, and you know we've talked about Goff a lot. They they should never have given him that type of money, but you know. These guys pick their guys and and they got to live with them. And so they have to be perfect about building their roster around them. I think their offensive line has gotten a little bit better, but Goff is going to be the thing. If, if they can protect him and he has time to throw, he can make some throws, make some things happen. Aaron Donald's on defense. I think they can beat anybody. They're going to push Seattle hard, but I think they can also lose to a lot of teams too. Uh, number 10, number, NSC West team. We have three of the NSC West in the top 10, and that's the Cardinals. I like Kyler Murray a lot. I think he's going to have a shot to win in any game, which is why I put them at number 10. These top 10 teams, basically all of them can beat each other at any at any moment. And that's, I just think, with Kyler Murray's athleticism and uh they're just aggressive play both on defense and on offense uh, gives them a shot. And he's just going to be hard to hard to stop uh, at any moment. I think they, they're a team that's kind of hit or miss. They can lose to anybody too. And them beating Seattle was pretty impressive. And that, that keeps them in the top 10 for sure. They'll be coming off a bye week this week against the dolphins, which will be interesting too. Uh, so, 11 is the Colts, and the Colts uh, have one of the best offensive lines in the league. They're also really well coached. I think Rivers makes them a little underwhelming, uh, explosively-wise, but they can run the ball. Their defense has been a big improvement this year. They play good defense. 
and I think they can they can beat a lot of teams. They're strong with that offensive line. They're built well. They prioritize the right positions that we talk about. Number 12, the Bears. Bears, Khalil Mack, they're playing good defense. They've had some key wins. Beating Tampa Bay was impressive. Um, they are, you know, this is the middle of the pack of the rankings, and the Bears are just kind of, that's where they are. They can they can beat a lot of teams. Nick Foles is not going to wow you too much, but, you know, they're, they're right there. Uh, Matt Nagy, I think, is a good offensive coach, good, good leader. Um, and then number 13 is the Dolphins. Dolphins are kind of on the rise. They've been winning. Uh, they put two of Tagovailoa in there, and he, he they won. And uh, you know he he played okay. He was good, good enough to win. And I think they're fired up to have maybe their quarterback of the future. Those guys are going to play hard for him. They're really well coached, and the Dolphins have some key wins. You know they they beat the Niners when they were healthier. And they've beaten the uh, Rams this week in pretty dominant fashion. And they're playing defense. And uh, I like the Dolphins. And uh, I think they could upset the Cardinals this week as well. And that'll be a fun matchup to see Kyler Murray versus Tua. So number 14, I got the Tennessee Titans. They got smacked around by the Bengals. And so that drops them quite a bit because they were pretty far up there, I think, earlier in the year. And they just, they're a team that, that can really let down because they're not very explosive. They rely on Derrick Henry a lot. Uh, I think he's on the franchise tag and he's a great running back, but um, Taylor Luan, their left tackle is hurt. And that's a big deal. You lose offensive linemen, you're going to be in trouble. And so they're a little bit different of a team now. They're at 14 right now, but they could rise. Still decent on defense. I don't think their pass rush is too great, but they're middle of the pack right now. Number 15, Raiders. The Raiders uh, beat the Browns in a kind of a rainy, windy game. Uh, John Gruden, I think, is a decent coach. I think they can be a little inconsistent. Derek Carr, you're kind of going to go the way your quarterback goes, and that's just uh, that's kind of where the Raiders are in Las Vegas. And... They've been they've been kind of impressive at points and and just kind of regular Raiders at other points. So number sixteen Panthers Teddy Bridgewater, I think that you know kind of a upset loss to the Falcons because the Panthers were kind of looking better. They're playing good defense. I think um, their new coach I can't think of his name right now, but um, oh Rule Matt Rule. I think is doing a decent job of kind of turning their franchise around because they're kind of rebuilding and they shouldn't have paid the running back Christian McCaffrey. He's still hurt and they can win without him. So why pay that money? We've talked about that a lot and they're, they, they're a team that can, you know, push, push uh, Tampa in games, push the saints in games in the, in that NFC South division. And so we'll see how they do moving forward, but I have them in the, in the middle of the league right there. Uh, number 17, Eagles, finally an NFC East team. Uh, Carson Wentz doesn't look great. They're probably going to win the division just by default because the rest of the teams are so terrible. Uh, I just don't know. 
they're a playoff team, so they got to be at least in the top 20, right? I don't know. Eagles, they just look like they, they do have some players that will come back. Um, Sanders, their running back, and Ertz, their tight end. Uh, I think Lane Johnson, their right tackle, will come back and help, but we'll see about them going forward. They might move up, but Carson Wentz doesn't look great right now, which concerns me. Um, so we've got number 18, the Niners. I'd have the Niners higher, but they're just ravaged with injuries now. Still think they're well coached with Kyle Shanahan and Robert Sala on defense. I still think they fly around on defense pretty well. They have pride. They're not just going to tank the season. But this is this is the Niners like for the last decade. Um, they were good for one year, it looks like. And uh, maybe they can eke out some wins. Maybe they can get a little healthier. But we kind of thought they would be a flash. And so far, that's proven out to be true. We'll see if they can win even eight games this year. Big test against the Packers this week. Uh, because of injuries, I'm going to have them at 18. 19, Lions. Uh, Matt Stafford's decent. And to be honest, I don't know. I haven't followed the Lions all that much this year. Like we're saying, we're getting down to these bottom rankings, these teams we will get more into when we talk about rebuilding and how to build franchises. Lions seem are always down there. They're not going to make the playoffs. Um, number 20, Denver. Uh, Drew Locke looks okay. You lose Von Miller and Nick Chubb, I think, has been hurt. It's just going to be tough. They might have had a better defense, but they're, they're just so-so. Chargers, a little worse. Herbert looks like a bright spot. He might be uh, the real deal at quarterback. He's athletic. He's strong, talented, but I don't think he has much else around him. Number 22, Browns, Baker Mayfield. I think it's probably time to go after this year. Time to rebuild the Browns again. They they swung and missed on a lot of things. Odo, Be- Odo Beckham's hurt. Defense, they spend a lot of money. It hasn't paid off. Offensive line is better, but um, they're they're a running team with an okay defense. Baker Mayfield's going to hold them back. They're 22. Number 23, Bengals. Uh, pretty impressive win over a good Titans team. Bengals still probably have the worst offensive line in the league, which means Joe Burrow is actually carrying them to a decent season, and maybe he's the real deal. Like the future for the Bengals, maybe they'll move up. 24, Patriots. Basically, just because of Bill Belichick, he's still a great coach, obviously, but they just really have nothing in the personnel. Cam Newton's kind of letting down. They're probably going to be one of those teams that's in every game, but they aren't going to win too many games this year, and that dynasty is pretty much over. Uh, 25, Washington. Really like their pass rush. Chase Young was the number two pick. He's elite pass rusher. He looks great. And... Their defense can keep them in games. They're going to have an easier schedule in NFC East. They're going to win some games. And Ron Rivera is a good coach. Um, Quarterback is just something they're going to need to draft for. Uh, Then we got Houston. uh, Houston Texans, uh, number 26. And basically just because of Deshaun Watson, they're going to be rebuilding. Uh, 
and they have one win. It's just been a disappointment for them big time. Deshaun Watson's, I think, still a good quarterback. They paid him probably too much. I, I, I said I probably wouldn't have done that just because of his injury history, and I I just like if you don't have a top, top quarterback, you just basically can move off guys and and uh, for much cheaper. Number 27, Vikings. Um, good win over the Packers. They're kind of been trading guys away and admitting that they're rebuilding, basically, and they still beat the Packers, which they never do. And I just thought that was funny. The Packers blew them out in week one, and the Vikings came back and, and beat the Packers up this week. It's just sort of ridiculous. And I think that's more the Packers letting down and being soft than the Vikings like stepping up and making a push for anything. So we've got the 28 Falcons, big letdown. Coach fired. Matt Ryan leads the league in passing yards. And as we know, passing yards basically mean nothing. And and that's another example. Last year was Jameis Winston. Tampa Bay was crappy. He led the league in passing yards. We've talked about that before. Matt Ryan now leads the league in passing yards, and most of it's because they're so far behind they need to catch up, and he has to throw all over the field. Number 29, Giants. Daniel Jones has some bright spots. He turns the ball over way too much, but he can move around. He's a decent thrower of the football. He's young. He's cheap. Uh, they, they should have won that game last night. They would have been a little higher in the rankings. But I think they're they're still playing hard, which is important. And they have a Joe Judge new coach, and that's a good sign. Number 30, Dallas. Dallas Cowboys, 30th. Um, probably the worst ran organization in the NFL. Um, they have uh, allocated money in all the wrong spots. We've talked about that a lot. I don't think they would have been much better with any of their players even healthy anyway. And uh, their defense is terrible, and they need to rebuild. And I don't think they'll admit that they need to rebuild, but they need to tear it all down and, and rebuild from the beginning, just like the Jags and the Jets, who round out the rankings. Jags number 31, Jets number 32. Jaguars, they're always rebuilding, and the Jets are as well. We will talk about them maybe a lot more in the offseason when we go through how to build a roster and these poor fans in Dallas and in Jacksonville and New York. I mean, you got both the New York teams are in my bottom four and you've got Jacksonville and, and Dallas. Dallas is the worth the most money of any franchise in the world in sports. And they are one of the worst teams in their sport. And that's just sad for all those fans. They have a, just a huge following. And uh, Dallas fans, it's all about your owner. And that is the hardest thing to get over. That's why the Jets aren't good. That's why the Jaguars aren't good. That's why the Browns are never good. And the Bengals aren't usually good. It's the owners. Washington, you know it's the owners. Because in the NFL... You can change everything. You can't. That's the only thing you can't change most of the time is your owner unless he sells the team. But if your owner's bad, you can't rebuild that. 
and it's just going to be a recurring thing. You look at all the rest of the teams, especially the ones with great owners, even if they have down years, they always bounce back. They find a way, they spend the money, they have the resources, even the facilities, all that stuff. And they make decisions properly and they let the, they let the football guys make the decisions and lead the team. And when your owner is on a press conference every week and he sounds like he's making all the decisions and undermining the coaches, whoever it is, even if it's Bill Parcells when he was in Dallas, they're being undermined. They have no leadership. Players go to the owner instead of the coach. It's a total mess. And Dallas, the fans need to basically go on protest and have them have a new owner in order for you guys to succeed because you have to look yourself in the mirror and know that you've never been good in most of my life for the last basically 25 years. And so, you know, it's sad for that expensive of a franchise, that iconic of a franchise. I mean, you look at the Packers and the Steelers and, you, you know, the Patriots, you know, the 49ers. These teams have had great years. They're the iconic franchises. And the Dallas just has been a disaster for such a long time. And uh, this is rock bottom for them for sure. But I don't know if they'll look themselves in the mirror and figure that out. So another rant on Dallas. Sorry about that. But I just feel for these fans, man. And uh, that's that's going to be the power rankings for the halfway point in the season. So I hope you enjoyed all of the team by team breakdown. And I just want to cover a few other things uh, for this uh, halfway point of the season episode. And we've got the Seahawks. I mean, I I try not to do big pendulum swings on my opinions of teams from week to week. I was pretty down about the Seahawks last week. Didn't think they could compete with defensive performances they kept putting out. But this week they showed that they're willing to adapt. They blitzed. Uh, they usually only blitz about 20 to 30%, um, in, in years past and they blitzed over 50%, uh, this week they blitzed Bobby Wagner, uh, 20 times, which in his previous career, I think he's only been blitzed like 33 times total in his previous nine seasons. He got blitzed 20 times in one game. So that's telling me they're going to manufacture pass rush, which is so important in this league with everyone dropping back to pass so much more. You're not going to be as exposed to a run game uh, because teams just don't hand it off enough anymore. And so you got to stop the pass. And I think the best way to do that is to pressure the quarterback, make him decide quickly. The Seahawks and their schedule going forward aren't going to really face too many great quarterbacks. When they get to the playoffs, they're going to have to figure out how they can create pass rush and not expose themselves in the back end. They're going to blitz Jamal Adams a lot. They're going to blitz Bobby Wagner a lot. And now they've made the trade for Dunlap, another master stroke by John Snyder. And this is what he's done every year. It seems like make splash trades, make effort moves. He's in on every possible transaction 
that's what Pete has always said. And John has always said they try to be in on everything and they just find these opportunities with whether it's Clowney last year, uh, Richardson before that, um, just all, you know, Jamal Adams, uh, even going back to Percy Harvin when they traded for him, uh, Dwayne Brown trade. It's just pretty incredible how he's able to make these amazing trades for great players. Uh, Carlos Dunlap comes in. He was really disgruntled in uh, Cincinnati, but he he has said that he's nervous to play for the Seahawks. He's excited and because he wants to live up to being on a Super Bowl contender for the first time in his career. I think he's about 10 years in. Last year, according to Pro Football Focus, was his highest rated season. And so he hasn't dropped off. He's still playing at a high level. He's a pro bowler, and he can give them a pass rush without having to blitz. Uh, Clowney was a good disruptor, especially in the run game. Didn't quite get as many pressures as they would have liked, but it's a guy who maybe will absorb some double teams and maybe open it up for the other pass rushers. I still think the Seahawks are going to need to blitz a lot. I think they have the coverage guys in the back end to be able to, because you got to cover man to man really well when, when you, when you blitz like that, those guys have to cover. But I think the key with the Seahawks is they don't have to quite cover as long as they've been having to. They like to play a lot of zone. And if the guy, if the quarterback has a lot of time, those receivers are going to find those soft spots in that zone and that they've just been gashed on that for a couple years now. And you have to have a great pass rush to affect the quarterback quickly enough. So he can't find those soft spots in the zone. And you're also going to have to be man to man for a little bit. while you, you cover those receivers. So that's what I'm thinking for the Seahawks. The offense still looks amazing. The offensive line is playing much better. DK Metcalf, I think, is the best receiver in football right now. And I know I talk down about wide receivers a lot, but that doesn't mean they're not important. It is a position on the field for sure. And the thing about DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, they're both number one receivers, which means they could be number one on a lot of teams. Number one option. Seahawks have two of them. They're both cheap. That's the key. They're both cheap. DK Metcalf is cheap. Tyler Lockett's cheap. They're not paying wide receivers big money, yet they have the best passing attack in the league. So that's what you got to do. You don't be like Dallas and go trade a first-round pick and then pay enormous money for a guy like Amari Cooper who's not going to really make a difference for you. That's allocating money in the wrong way. You draft well, you develop them. You kind of got to get lucky on wide receiver. But if your offensive line is solid, your quarterback is solid, I guarantee you he's going to make those wide receivers, he's going to make a lot of receivers look really good. DK Metcalf, totally gifted. I mean, they got lucky on him. Basically, he's a second-round pick. He could have been a top-10 pick. Uh, no one knew really he was going to be this good. But the guy's a physical freak, and he just is physically dominating all these defensive backs. Run after catch. He can catch anything. Hands are a little bit of a question mark. 
that's probably his slight weakness. I don't know if he has the best hands, but he has a big catch radius, which means he can, he's long, he can jump and he can, he's got the speed to, to separate from anybody. So it's pretty fun to watch. And Hey, I mean, it comes down to Russell Wilson. I mean, it seems like everyone he has, he's had many receivers over the years. Uh, everyone's good with him. Everyone works with Russell and that's because he's a great quarterback and he, he's playing at the highest level of his career right now, MVP level. And he's on the, on pace to break the, you know, touchdowns record. Um, and so we'll, we'll see how it goes. And, and the Chris Carson will come back and they'll have a little more balance maybe with their running game. But I think they, they can really beat anyone. And that's why I have them number two on, on the power rankings right now. Big change, I think, from last week. Week to week, I try not to make too many big decisions and changes. But when you have a big trade like that, you've got players coming off injuries and they're going to be healthy again. That um, does make a pretty big difference. We'll see how they play against the Bills. That's going to be a big test and see if if they can keep trying to get that number one seed, which is going to be so coveted this year because only one team gets a buy in each conference instead of the top two seeds getting buys. It is just going to be one team this year because of the added playoff team. So it is just all the more important to get that extra week of rest going into the playoffs as the number one seed. And whoever can get that is going to be have a big leg up, I think, this season as they usually do anyway. Uh, another thing I thought is interesting is, you know, Lamar Jackson won MVP last year and just a tremendous season. It seems like the hype on him is slowly fading. I think teams have studied him a lot and have got caught up a little bit with what the Ravens are doing in terms of can Lamar consistently beat you through the air. We've already seen he has trouble when they're behind coming from behind because he can't make all the throws. It seems like, and if you force him to throw the ball, especially to the perimeter on the outsides near the sidelines, can he make those big throws accurately? And teams have caught up to that. And it makes me think, is I think of Kyler Murray and Kyler is basically Lamar, but he, I mean, he, to me, he's just as elusive as Lamar Jackson, but he can throw, he can threaten, he can make every throw. And so it's kind of the similar how it was early in Russell Wilson's and Cam Newton's career where he had Cam Newton was so dominant in the run game but then teams kind of caught up to well, he can't make all the throws and he's got a great arm, but he's just not quite accurate enough to constantly put pressure on defensive backs and throw guys open and, and find the little creases where you can make throws. Those guys can have great seasons. Those great athletes, MVP caliber seasons, just like cam had, but what separated Russell and cam was that Russell could make every throw. And Kyler, I think, with Lamar is that similar comparison where 
I, I would probably, I would take Kyler Murray over Lamar Jackson. They're both incredible athletes. I think they're both great players, definitely franchise quarterbacks, but there are limitations with Lamar. And that's when we talk about those dollar amounts. Are you going to, is Baltimore going to give up those dollar amounts for a guy that just runs around? And there's going to be limitations. You're going to have to build that roster around him. Right now, it's a great roster, and they're going to win. But once you pay that much, the quarterback better be able to carry the team instead of being a part of the team. And so that's the, that's the signal. Kyler is small, but, I mean, he, he can create enough separation with his speed that he can create his own throwing lanes. Lamar's a little bigger, but he's still lanky. I don't know. He can't take those hits. Kyler, I think, protects himself better because of his speed, because of his baseball background like Russell. They're really good at spatial awareness and sliding. It's just an interesting thing to look at going forward uh, with those two. It's an interesting comparison because that you got to have it all at these quarterback positions. It's just so important. So I think that's going to wrap up our show for today. I thank you so much for joining me again this week. We're halfway through the season. I can't wait to see what happens on the other end. I think things are, the weather is going to become more of a factor. Of course, there's always injuries. Anything can change week to week with any major injury. And so for your fans of your teams, your respective teams, just keep knocking on wood and, you know, that's what we, that's what we hope for. Just the healthiest teams. It's a war of attrition, healthy, healthiest team survives. And so good luck to everyone's teams and for the bottom teams in the rankings, maybe you'll rise, maybe you'll stay down. You'll have high draft picks. It's always hope middle of the teams. Maybe they can rise, make a push at the end, top teams. They got to try to stay there. So we'll see how it goes and we'll, we'll check back in on this power rankings later. We'll reference them, see how, how accurate it was. So thank you so much for joining me and I will see you guys next week.